Because man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, please take your Bible and open it to John 17. John 17. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5 this evening. And the next few times I'm up here to do the 15-minute sermon when we don't have another preacher. Um, we'll just go through John 17, so at least four more or four lessons total here in John 17, which is fitting during a prayer meeting like this, because we're looking at the prayer of Christ. Hear God's word from John 17, verse 1. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you, since you gave him authority over all people so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you sent, Jesus Christ. I've glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. This is the word of the Lord. May the word of Christ dwell richly among us. To see the glory of Christ is to be transformed by him. Seeing Christ's glory changes you. When you see him as he truly is, with the eyes of faith, with the Spirit's power, the very sight automatically transforms you. Before you do any other application, the seeing of Jesus is the application. 2 Corinthians 3.18 gets to this point. So I want to point it out to you here. When you see Christ with the spiritual eyes and actual reality, with the, spirit, the spiritual and actual reality of Christ with the eyes of faith, you're changed. 2 Corinthians 3.18 is a key verse for, for this, the pulpit ministry at this church. We all, it says, <clears throat> we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. So are looking at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. So as we look at the glory of the Lord Jesus, we are transformed from one degree of glory to the next, from glory to glory to that same image. And this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So you take your Bible, you look at the glory of Jesus, and in looking at Jesus with the eyes of faith, by the Spirit's power, by seeing him, you are being transformed. And so we want to look here at John, 1, uh, John 17, 1 through 5, and see the glory of Jesus Christ. And some specific glories I want to point to. In John 1, 14, it says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we observed, or we saw, we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God, this John 1, no one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God and is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. So if you want to know the Father, you have to go through the Son and see the Son and hear the Son. And when you see the, the glory of Christ, you'll see the glory full of grace and truth. Okay. So with that being said, in these five verses, I want you to see six glimpses of the glory of Christ. There are six glimpses of the glory of Christ here in this passage. Uh, well, this I'm, I'm going to take. There's five from this passage. I'm going to go to the very end of this prayer just to point to something that's going to come a few sermons later. But six glimpses of the glory of Christ that you should meditate on, that you should work to see. 
in your own soul by the Spirit's power. Five from these five verses and then one from the end of the, the prayer. Number one, see the glory of God's Son. That's how I'm going to start every one of these six. See, or, or at least the first five. See the glory of God's Son in the cross and the ascension of Christ. Look at verse one. So, so see the glory of God's Son in the cross and ascension of Christ. John 17, one, Jesus spoke these things. This is Thursday night. He's going to be crucified Friday morning. He just spent some time with the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper with his disciples, and they're walking now to the garden. And on the way, he prays this. He says, Father, the hour has come. I want you to see glory there. Do you see glory there? The hour has come. What is the hour? The hour, very briefly, uh, the hour is this, this thing that, that he keeps talking about in John, and how the hour hasn't come, the hour hasn't come, and then the hour comes. And this hour is two things in John 12, 20 through 36, which John will preach at some point soon. Uh, that the, the hour is the hour of Christ being glorified in his death, in him being lifted up on the cross. So Jesus is saying here, the hour has come for me to be glorified and to glorify you in dying on the cross and being lifted up. And then if you look at John 13, 1, John 13, 1, it says, before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that this hour, that his hour had come. And it says what the hour is. His hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. So there's the hour. The hour that was to come is the hour of dying on the cross, but not just the death on the cross, through the death on the cross into ascending back to the Father. That is the hour, and it had finally come. So we want to see the glory of Christ in the fact that he has come to die on the cross, to draw people to himself in displaying the love of God in his death on the cross for sinners, for his people, and then ascending back to the Father. We see the, the glory of God's love, the glory of Christ's love, the, the majesty of who he is to ascend back to the Father, and a vindication that his cross was successful. His cross work was successful for you. That's number one. Number two, see the glory of God's Son in his mission to further glorify the Father. See the glory of God's Son in his mission to further glorify the Father. Look at verse 1 again. Here's the prayer request now. Glorify your Son. Why? What's the purpose of glorifying your Son? Glorify your Son, Father, so that the Son may what? Glorify you. So glorify, so there's a prayer request. So see the glory of God's Son. He wants to be glorified, but not just for his own glory, but for whose glory? The Father's glory. So see the glory of God's Son in his mission to further glorify the Father. I say further glorify because in verse 4, we're going to look at his current glorifying before he goes to the cross. And then he wants to be glorified to glorify the Father even more. Okay? So that's a mouthful. But just know that the Son is not just content to glorify the Father just for his lifetime. But he has a deeper desire, a stronger or a more ultimate desire to glorify the Father even in leaving and going back to heaven. The Son is all about glorifying the Father and showing the, the Father's glory. Number three, see the glory of God's Son in his giving eternal life to those the Father would give him. See the glory of God's Son in giving eternal life to those the Father would give him. Look at verses two and three. Since, and it's probably better translated just as, so glorify me so that I might glorify you, just as you gave him authority over all people so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. 
So Jesus is saying, Father, glorify me so that I may glor glorify me so that I may glorify you just as you gave me authority so that I can give life to people. You already did this one. Just as you did this one, you gave me authority so that I could give eternal life. Now glorify me so that I can glorify you. You see the, the comparison here? But in this, there's some glory to be seen. In this bottom one, the glory to be seen is that the Son has authority to give eternal life. That's what it says in verse 2. He gives eternal life not to everyone in the world. There are some people who don't have eternal life, right? Who does the Son give eternal life to? To everyone the Father has given the Son. And only to those that the Father has given the Son. So it's not just the Son who loves you if you're a Christian. It's the Father who loves you. You are a gift if you're a Christian. You are a gift from the Father to the Son. And that's why the Son came for you. Because the Father has determined in the decrees of God, as Pam told us earlier in reciting the Catechism, in the, decree, in the eternal purpose of God, the Father has a group of people that he has decided from all eternity that he would give to the Son as a gift to the Son. And when the Son gets this gift of these people, what is the Son going to give to these people? According to verse 2, give him what? Eternal life. Now, what is eternal life? Look at verse 3. What is this eternal life that the Son is giving to the people that is the gift from the Father? This eternal life, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you sent, Jesus Christ. So knowing the Father and the Messiah, the Son, Knowing the Father and Jesus the Messiah is eternal life. Obviously, this is more than head knowledge. A lot of people know, oh, yeah, I believe in the, or I know the Trinity is true, and I know that Jesus is the Messiah. You might know that, but eternal life is to not just know it, but know it, to spiritually know it, to know it with your heart, to know it with your life, to know it so much that you entrust yourself to the Father and to the Son. So that is eternal life. So if you're not a Christian, just very briefly, God wants to give you eternal life. You might be one among those who are a gift from the Father to the Son. You know how you would know? If you will repent from your sins and trust that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is God's Son, that Jesus is the one who came into this world, lived the life he should have lived, died on the cross for sinners like you and me, and rose from the dead and ascended back to the, to the Father and will come again. The gospel is that Jesus saves sinners by his death and resurrection, and you are a sinner. Jesus has come to save you if you will repent and trust in him. Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. That's what John 3.16 says. So if you're not a Christian, trust in Jesus and entrust yourself to Jesus, the Messiah, and you will have eternal life. If you have more questions about that, you can ask me later or ask anyone here. If you're like, I'm not ready to believe in Jesus, but I want to think about it more, then I would say keep reading the Gospel of John. And children, kids, here's an assignment for you. Kids, read the Gospel of John. Read the Gospel of John. Read the story of Jesus in the Gospel of John and, and trust in Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Some of you children, I'm thinking about some of my children now, uh, you're reading other books in the Bible. So if you're not reading the Gospel of John, whatever book you're reading in the Bible, pray that God would show you the glory of Christ. All right, so that's number three. See the glory of God's Son in giving eternal life to those that the Father would give him. Number four. See the glory of God's Son in completing his earthly work to glorify God. Look at verse 4. I have glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. This is a reason why Jesus says glorify me now with the future glory. Because what did I do on earth? I glorified you. I finished the work you gave me to do. 
You gave me work to do. I did it. I glorified you on earth. I displayed you. So much so that when Philip said, show us the Father, what did Jesus say to Philip? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I have glorified the Father. I've only done what the, what the Father wanted me to do. I've only said what the Father wanted me to say. So everything I've said and everything I've done is a, is a perfect, complete display of what the Father wanted to reveal moment by moment. And Jesus says, I'm, I've done it. And now, Father, glorify me, glorify me uh, with this further glory so that I could glorify you with a further glory because I glorified you here on this, on this earthly one. Okay, so see the glory of, of God, of Jesus Christ, in the work he did on earth before the cross. Number five, see the glory of God's son as the eternal and exalted son. See the glory of God's son as the eternal and exalted son. Look at verse five. Now, Father, here's the prayer request again. The prayer request is in verse one, glorify your son. But here it is again in expanded form. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence. So I'm going back to heaven. So glorify me in your presence, but with what kind of glory? With the glory that I had, that I had with you when? Before the world existed. Before the world existed, did, did the son have glory, yes or no? Yes, he did have glory. Before the world existed, before creation, in eternity past, if you could even use the word past, above time, before time was even created, the Son had glory as the eternal, exalted Son of God, God the Son. He is God the Son. He is human. He is a Jewish man here. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, but he's not just a man. And he's not just glorified in doing good works. We could glorify God and, and display God's glory in our doing good works. But he is also the eternal son of God who had glory before the world began, came down and humbled himself from that glory, lived low on this earth in humble human form, was crucified and shamed on a cross. And now, Father, that glory I had up here, before I came back down here, I want you to give me that glory again over here. Restore to me that glory I had with you. Not just as the Messiah, not just as the Jewish Messiah, human son of David, but as God the Son, with the glory I had as God before the world began. So when you see Jesus, see him as the eternal Son of God, indeed God the Son. And lastly, number six. So we're talking about all, all, this whole prayer request. In one word, what is Jesus praying for? In one word. Anyone? Glory, right? Or to be glorified, if you want to use a few words, right? To be glorified, that's his one prayer request. But what does that have to do with us? Look at verses 24 through 26. I'll get to this eventually when we continue our series, but uh, let me just point to it briefly now. Father, I want those, it's not just about his glory. It's not just about the Father's glory. You're actually included in this. Look at verse 24. Father, I want those you have given me, that gift you gave me, I want, you, I want those you've given, with me, given me to be with me where I am, back in this exalted glory now in the future from this Thursday, so that they will what? See my glory, which you have given me because you love me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you, and they, this gift you've given me, they have known that you sent me. I made known to you, I made known uh, to them your name. I made your name known to them. He did that already, and I will continue to make it known forever and ever and ever. Christ will continually make the Father known. Why? What's the final purpose? So that the love you have loved me with 
may be in them and I may be in them. There's too much to say about that here, but just know that the Trinitarian love of God will be in you and you will love God with that same Trinitarian love. You will share in the glory. So number six is this. See that God, God's son wants this glorification, not only for the son, but for your seeing, experiencing, and being immersed in this exalted glorification. Christ wants to be glorified here this Thursday night. He wants to go through the cross and ascend because he wants to take all of his people with him to see and savor and experience and enjoy and learn deeper and deeper and deeper for all eternity the glory of the Son and the glory of the Father. That's Christ, that's the heart of his prayer. His heart is, the heart of Christ's prayer is for his glory to be, is for him to be glorified and then for us, people from every tribe, nation, tongue, and language, all of his people, to see and savor that glory on a new earth for all eternity. What a glorious prayer. This is the heart of the Son of God for us. Praise God for that. So to conclude, seeing God's Son's glory how do you see God's son's glory? By looking at the glory of Christ here in the Bible, in John, and trusting this Jesus that you see in the Bible. You, you see the glory of Christ by trusting the glory of Christ revealed in the Bible. So I want to call you to keep reading John and keep reading your Bible and trusting what you see of God there and his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we want to keep seeing your glory. We want to keep savoring your glory. We thank you that you came to this earth, you finished the work the Father prepared for you, you came to the hour of your death and ascension, and you did it. And you are now exalted at the right hand of the Father. And we worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you for your death and resurrection and ascension. We worship you for your work here on earth of glorifying the Father. We worship you because you desire to glorify the Father, not just in the past, but in the future for all eternity. We worship you because you gave eternal life to us. You made known to us the Father, and you've made known to us yourself. We worship you because you completed your earthly work. We worship you because you are the eternal Son of God. And we worship you because you have called and secured us to see and savor and be immersed in this glory for all eternity. In Jesus' name we praise you. Amen.